what are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel, take a fly, sit me tracing out of sight. Welcome to the second episode of Fantasy Fuel. I am one of your hosts, John Eddie Jr. Most everyone will call me JJ, just like my co-host here, Tom Tuttle. Hey, excited to get some fantasy going. Excellent, excellent. If anybody listened to the last episode, uh, we discussed a little bit about somebody that Tom wanted to get off of his roster. And uh, that player was Amir Abdullah. Have you had any success in that area? I actually have had some, what I think is some pretty good success. And that is because I traded him away. Excellent. Uh, yeah, I I ended up trading him away and I gave up O.J. Howard, uh, who I like a lot. Uh, but I gave him up for Charles Clay and a second round pick. I think that's a win. Well, but I understand why the other guy wanted O.J. Howard. I mean, I had really high hopes for him as well. I was just really happy to unload Abdullah. <laughs> Explain to our audience what in particular about Amir Abdullah you wanted to get rid of. Well, he's going to be like the third or fourth guy in Detroit anyway right now. Whether or not he gets traded or released, I don't know yet. But I needed some cap space. I, I, to a lot of people listening, they don't play with salary and they don't play with cap and all that stuff in contracts. But I had very little cap space and I wanted a little more, and that was part of it because he was about five, six dollars, and that's a lot for the league that we're in. That is very true. Uh, now, what all did you get in the hall for Abdullah and Howard? I got Charles Clay and a second round pick. Now, I, like I said, I like. Howard, but Clay isn't terrible. Howard was my second tight end. So Clay being my second tight end, it's a good bye week fill in. I'm fine with that. Oh, definitely. And it's, a, it's it's a very deep league with sixteen teams. So I'm pretty happy with that. But I, I also took that second round pick and I got two third rounders out of it. And I also got Agent McCarron because I needed another quarterback. I know he's not the best guy to have as far as a backup quarterback but let's hope that he just is starting when I need that bye week fill in and who is your starting quarterback in that league it's uh, Kirk Cousins it's about 10 weeks in until his bye week I'm holding out hope that he is going to be the starter at week 10 but we're gonna have to find out yeah, hopefully he can hold out for you, um, or if you are able to get Josh Allen or whoever the Buffalo Bills quarterback is in that time frame, just to be able to get through a week. Yeah, I mean, if I could get Josh Allen with one of them third-round picks, that would be pretty nice. Um, that way I could at least have what I think would be the hopeful newest franchise quarterback to play for the Bills. I can't argue with that. Um so you're looks like you're all in on a Buffalo quarterback of some kind, and the Buffalo Bills themselves have not been all in on quarterbacks over the years. Uh, they have five quarterbacks in their history that have played five years or more with their that same team. 
Uh, obviously, that's it. Huh? Uh, that's it. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you know Jim Kelly. He was the greatest Bills quarterback, uh, in right. my opinion. Uh, Joe Ferguson, Jack Kemp, uh, the great Alex Van Pelt, and <laughs> the owner of the largest comeback in NFL history, Frank Reich, who is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts after Josh McDaniels decided not to do it. Speaking of Frank Reich and the Colts, I want to talk about Andrew Luck. He is going to be the hot button all the way up until he actually throws a pass, either in preseason or the game one or whenever it is, he can actually get on the field. Yeah, I mean, in 2016, he had about 13 games where he scored 25 or more fantasy points. Uh, that, that's pretty consistent. And I'm pretty high on consistency, especially in the quarterback. Uh, it, you really need consistency to to push your team. Uh, you need consistency everywhere. But you need consistency on the quarterback position to push your team over the top so you can get more wins. Now, he's going to be reliable if his shoulder holds up. He, right now, he looks good physically. Uh, he says he's going to be ready. I mean, I think everybody says that when you're coming back from me. I'm going to be ready. But, I mean, I think last month he said, I'm very, very confident and very, very optimistic that I'm going to be absolutely fine and be better than I was. I mean, that's what he said. (laughs) And, of course, nobody would ever say that they weren't confident that they were going to be ready for the season opener. So you still have to take that with a little grain of salt. Yeah, and, you know, he had a partially torn labrum, and he tried to play through it. I think that was an obvious mistake. I mean, it, it just seems like almost too easy to know that. Uh, it's un- It puts unnecessary stress on your shoulder, and it just makes a bad situation worse. Before they traded for Jacoby Brissett, they had nothing besides yep. Andrew Luck. So if they wanted to win it all, they had to hope that they weren't doing something stupid and hurting Luck even more. Uh, and it ended up being something stupid, and I feel like here's what Luck needs to do. I think he needs to, if he feels any type of injury, any pull, any tear, anything, for the better of his team and, frankly, for his fantasy owners, he needs to properly address the injury. Don't play through the pain unless it's something small because it's just going to set him back if he tries to play through it and if he gets set back who are the players that we're looking at on Indianapolis that will basically be set back right along with him because I know I like Jacoby Brissett he played very well last year with you know what little experience he had and what time he had to get inclined to the Indianapolis offense but we're looking at an offense that has a lot of new names Um, off the top of my head uh, they signed Ryan Grant who yeah I liked when I saw him in Washington but he's obviously not you know a giant free agent acquisition uh, they signed Eric Ebron again. Everybody yeah. has had high hopes for him since they drafted him in uh, Detroit, and mm-hmm. uh, they you know address their offensive line to help him when he gets back on the field by taking Quentin <laughs> Nelson with their first pick. So 
T.Y. Hilton, obviously, still there, still good. He will be the biggest beneficiary if Andrew Luck is back on the field. And Jack Doyle will probably also reap those benefits. But other than those guys, who's going to do it? Yeah. I think he needs one of his rookie receivers that they just got in the draft to step up and be a big target. And I think if one of them guys can step up and be a target for him, uh, Luck can be a top-five fantasy quarterback again if he stays healthy. But I do believe that he can be a top-five fantasy quarterback again. Well, he was number two overall fantasy quarterback in 2014 when he tossed 40 touchdowns. Oh, yeah, he was a monster. We know he can make the receivers around him better when he's out there. Uh, Maybe Ryan Grant will – I don't know. I want Ryan (laughs) Grant to succeed, but I just don't know if he's got it. Yeah, he had some sparks last year, and he's just kind of – He's one of the players that's like, if he's sparking, he's doing good. And the other times, if he's not, yeah, he's a tough one to, to uh, I don't know what the word is, but to justify having on your team. But he's also a, a guy that can do well for you. But I don't know if he's a second wide receiver. That's why I'm saying that I feel like one of the other rookie car, uh, wide receivers need to step up. Or if they run two tight end sets, uh, it seems like there's a yeah. lot of a lot of teams out there looking for two tight ends to bring to the offense, and and we'll talk a little bit more about that later in the in the podcast. Okay. But uh, speaking of T. Y. Hilton, I have an interesting take on T. Y. and I want to compare him to a couple of players. And we're each okay. going to make a case as to who we would take. These these three guys, I'm going to say T.Y. Hilton, Alshon Jeffrey, and Adam okay. Thielen. They're, yep. all, they're all very close in ADP. Yes, they are. And if you had to pick one of those guys, let's say T.Y. Hilton and Alshon Jeffrey on the board, you want a wide receiver, which one are you going to take? Um, well, I have to look up the stats. I mean, I guess Jeffrey with Wentz, uh, he had 53 catches, uh, 732 yards, eight touchdowns, 116 targets. That's quite a few targets. Um, Hilton with luck in 2016, 57 catches, 966 yards, four touchdowns, which is less and 109 targets. Now, Luck was sort of kind of injured in that part. But, I mean, the Eagles' offense hasn't changed too much since last year. And I think Jeffrey will will get about the same amount of production or more this year. So, I mean, 116 is a lot of targets, and I like that. Um, the Colts' offense has changed some since 2016. So, I'm not sure Hilton's going to have the same amount of production. But it could be better. Who knows? I mean, but Hilton, Hilton is a bit more of a boom or bust type of player to begin with. And like I said earlier, I really like consistency. Boom or bust doesn't sit well with me a lot of times. But, yeah, we'll, I, I'm, I'm going to make the case for Alshon Jeffrey because of that. I don't like the boom or bust as much as the consistency. All right. Well, that is definitely your opinion. Uh, I, If I had the choice, let's say between T.Y. Hilton and Adam Thielen, 
Okay. I I don't know that I can go with Adam Thielen with a new quarterback this year. I know Adam Thielen looked like he was the man, and he had a ton of catches and a ton of targets this last year. In 2017, yeah. he had he had 143 targets and 91 catches. Okay, that's a ton. Mm-hmm. You can't yep. deny that. But he only had four touchdowns. That is yeah. going to hurt his production, I believe, with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins seems to like his outside-ish wide receivers and his tight ends, and they do have those in Minnesota. Now, T.Y. Hilton, his last time, his last season that he had, Andrew Luck, he also had 91 catches, and he had six touchdowns. Now, with him being basically the only receiver that we know who he is, I have a feeling those touchdown rates will go up. This is all considering Andrew Luck being healthy for the upcoming season. Yeah, he's got to be healthy. There's no no doubt about that. Yes. I, I, I think we're going to see Andrew Luck healthy again this year, and we will see T.Y. So. Hilton reap the benefits. I, I hope so. I really do, but I just I feel a little eerie about it. But as far as the point with you picking Hilton over Thielen, I can see it, even though with all the monster yards and, or, and catches that he had, I can see it. And I think why I might have this feeling about Hilton more than Thielen is because Thielen is on the Vikings, and they're going to get Dalvin Cook back. And Cook could take some of the bulk of all of that offense. He could just drive be the driving force of that offense, which would allow the Vikings to not have to throw it as many times. Oh, that is true. Uh, I'll have a lot more to say about Delvin Cook also later in this show. Nice. So now we come to an impasse. You like Alshon Jeffrey more than T.Y. Hilton. I like yeah. T.Y. Hilton more than Adam Thielen. Okay. So now we're down to T.Y. Hilton and Elshon Jeffrey. Yep. We already know that you will take Elshon Jeffrey over T.Y. Hilton. Now the question yeah. is, would I take T.Y. Hilton over Elshon Jeffrey? Now, I'm a little biased, of course. Everybody knows that I'm an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. But I think this coming season, if Andrew Luck is actually healthy... Going into the season, we know for a fact, 100%, I would take T.Y. Hilton 100% of the time over Alshon Jeffrey this coming year. I would probably agree with you on that, just because if he's 100% healthy, yes. But I don't know if he's going to be 100% healthy or if he's going to tear that again. We're going to have to find out, and he might be a little rusty. To start the season, it might look a little iffy. But like I said, Jeffrey is not going to get any worse. Uh, Carson Wentz, as long as he comes back healthy, I mean, they're kind of <laughs> in the same situation. But as long as both of them come back healthy, I like Carson Wentz more than than I like uh, Andrew Luck. And I think that Elshon Jeffrey's production could go up. I don't know about T.Y., like I said, boomer bust. You need a boomer bust guy on your team. But if I'm 
if I'm trying to build a team, I would still want a consistency type of player. And Jeffrey's a little bit more consistent than T.Y. Yeah, uh, Elshon Jeffrey did, once he got on the same page as Carson Wentz last year, and I watched every game last year, once he got on the same page, he yeah. seemed to just brim with confidence anytime he threw mm-hmm. it towards Jeffrey. Now, the reason I am not so sure about Jeffrey's production this coming year is we still have Nelson Aguilar. We upgraded, in my opinion, from Mike Wallace uh, or to Mike Wallace uh, from Torrey Smith, and we also drafted Dallas Goddard. Uh, that's a lot of guys to feed. Yeah. Not to mention Darren Sproles is going to be back. He's going to be taking some passes. Corey Clement showed he could catch passes. I mean, hopefully Carson Wentz is just going to come out and annihilate passing records, and everybody will get their share. But if I'd have to bet on it, I, I'm going to say that Alshon Jeffrey probably doesn't get too much more in terms of statistics this coming season. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points there. I, I can't disagree with it too much, but I still slightly lean towards Jeffrey. But I could I could be terribly wrong. Hilton could just go crazy like he has in years past. And... Well, we're gonna have to find out. We're. I hope. I hope you're right. I like Hilton, and I like Luck, and I have no problems with that. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a quick break to let you know that you can ask us any lineup or roster-related questions, just like the one we had. If you want to tell us who you would take between Alshon Jeffrey and T.Y. Hilton, you can do that. Give us some feedback. Ask us those questions. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel. Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel and Fantasy Fuel Podcast at gmail.com. We love interacting with our listeners and would love to involve you all into our shows. Did you know? Do you remember Delvin Cook in the first game last season? I know he only played four games, but Delvin Cook yeah. had the most rushing yards by a rookie running back in Minnesota history with 127, which was previously held by, of course, the great Adrian Peterson, who had 103 in the year 2003. Yeah, I I knew that. Why did you say that? I would like to have a little duel here, and I want to know if we can convince our listeners if you can tell me why you would take Elvin Kamara over Delvin Cook. Okay, so uh, uh, Elvin versus that Delvin, is huh? Correct. All right, <laughs> we can do that. Um, uh, Elvin Kamara, I actually like him more than Delvin Cook, to be honest. Uh, at least in fa- fantasy wise, if I was building a team, I don't know, I might take Cook. I don't know. It, 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 we, I'm not building a team, so I'm building a fantasy team. So I don't see any reason for Kamara to slow down from last year. Uh, he's young. The Saints love him. Uh, he's got loads of talent. He made it through the entire season injury-free, and he still has Drew Brees as his quarterback. So, I mean, I'm looking up his stats real quick. He's got 728 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns, 81 catches. That's a lot of catches. 826 yards receiving, five receiving touchdowns, and 100 targets. That's some pretty good numbers, considering the fact that Mark Ingram was it was and still will be taking some of that workload. Um, 
I think it's possible that the Saints lean on Kamara even more this year than last year. Uh, he's got that electric quality that everyone loves to have on their team and scored a lot of fantasy points last year. And I don't have it. It, it put him in the top five. I mean, now <laughs> get this. I, I, get this, all right? The Saints got more yards per Alvin Kamara rush, 6.07, than the Ravens did from every Flacco pass last year of 5.3. If that doesn't tell you what kind of of guy now, that is. It, is that a, uh, a knock on Joe Flacco, or is that a nod towards Alvin Kamara? It's both because to get 6.07 yards per rush is pretty good. And, and yeah, Flacco, 5.3 is not very good. No. But, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, that, that, to me, that just tells you how good Kamara is. And I think he's, like I said, he's young. He's got a lot of stuff to look forward to. Now, things could change whenever Drew Brees decides to retire. But right now, Drew Brees is still there. And I think he's, going to be a better guy to have than Dalvin Cook. Well, I can't argue with Alvin Kamara's numbers last year. They seemed a little ridiculous to me in fantasy, and that's where I am on the Dalvin Cook bandwagon. Yes, I know he was hurt last year, but I also know that Alvin Kamara probably can't keep up with those stats again. It seems like there's a different guy that Drew Brees just all of a sudden makes infamous in the fantasy football community from year to year. And I think we might find a different person on that team next year. He'll still be good. But let me tell you a little about Dalvin Cook. I mean, (laughs) he was born in Florida, went to Florida State. But did you also know that he went to Miami Central High School, which is the same high school that Devontae Freeman went to? And actually okay. had to wait a year in order to get some play time because that he was at that school. All right. I think I know what you're saying here. I, I like Devontae Freeman, but I am also a Florida State fan. And Florida <laughs> State has produced some pretty good running backs over the years. Uh-huh. We only have four games worth of stats for Dalvin Cook as a Minnesota Viking. In those four games, yep. he scored twice. He had a few targets. He averaged four targets a game, and he ended up having uh, 11 catches off of those 16 targets. That's pretty good. He only had one of those four games were under 10 fantasy points, and he still averaged 5.3 yards a carry in that game. So his yards per carry are inching up there towards Kamara. Now, I know it's not quite there, but at Florida State, He averaged 6.5 yards a carry in the three years that he played. He had 19 touchdowns each of his last two years at Florida State, and he was on pace as a rookie to have eight touchdowns. Not bad, not amazing. I do believe Dalvin Cook is in for a monster of a year. Kirk Cousins is going to benefit but I think it's not going to benefit too much because that defense in Minnesota is going to hold teams down, and Dalvin Cook is going to get more and more opportunities as the year rolls on, and he's just going to stack statistics upon themselves. And he, I think, has a very good shot to lead the league in rushing next year. 
Well, you could be right. Uh, I don't really have any problems saying that Cook could be better than Kamara or could be better than a lot of guys, but it's still four games that all we know. And he could end up just, I don't know. And we got to know what, what happens when he comes back from his injury too. If that injury still lingers with him, it could still hurt a little bit. So I'm, we're going to have to find out on that yeah, one. Yeah, it seems like we have a bit of an injury bug in this episode. Everybody we like to talk about has a question mark, <laughs> except for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> except for Alvin Kamara. There it is. So folks. did you realize the uh, Kentucky Derby was this weekend? <laughs> I don't follow horse racing. So and no, why would we? Most fantasy football guys aren't following the Kentucky Derby. But it was this weekend, and I know it doesn't seem very mm-hmm. fantasy relevant, but there was a horse scheduled to run in that race called Gronkowski. Yes, you oh, heard right. Man. The New England pass-catching tight end had a horse named after him. Unfortunately, <laughs> the horse ended up with an infection and had to pull out of the race. <laughs> that sounds but, about right. I like that. Gronkowski, the horse, was undefeated up to this point. Gronkowski, the football player, oh. lost his most recent game to my Philadelphia Eagles, who have a very <laughs> fantasy-relevant tight end in Zach Ertz. The reason I bring this up true. is because Tom and I have a differing opinion when it comes to which of these tight ends are going to be better going into the 2018 season. Yes, we do, and I think Zach Ertz is better going into this season, and he, I think Listen, I think it was a little bit better last season. I know he didn't have as many points. But, I mean, if you let me explain, I can. But I know if you want to say something about Gronk, you can. Well, what's there to say about Gronk? Everybody knows who Gronk is. Everybody knows what he's capable of. And if he stays healthy, he'll probably be the number one tight end again. But I will digress and let you try to explain (laughs) to me how Zach Ertz is the better tight end. All right, so I I got this little system, and it's called TTS. TTS does not express the views of fancy fuel and should not be perceived as a legitimate way to draft players or set your lineup. Use TTS at your own risk. And if you want to know what TTS stands for, it just kind of means Tom Tuttle's statistics. All right, I'm still following. <laughs> uh huh. So Tom Tuttle's statistics, if I can say that word correctly, um, using them, I can say that Zach. Ertz is the better tight end than Gronk. And here's why. First, what you have to do is you got to find out how many times they underperformed last year. Okay. Last year, Gronk underperformed under 10 points. He was under 10 points seven weeks. Okay. Zach Ertz was under 10 points as well, but only six weeks. Now, you take all the other weeks that they weren't under 10 points, and you add them weeks up. So here's what you do. You, you, you take Gronk's weeks, and it's 208.6, according to um, the league that we're in together, which is a, uh, a PPR, obviously. You can't have – well, you can do PPR. You can't. You don't have to, but you can't get 208.6 points without PPR. Anyway. Understood. 208, 208.6 points for Gronk if you add up all them, and then for Ertz it would be 198. Now you might be saying, well, that still looks like Gronk is in the favor there. Well, you got to go a little deeper. All right, take us deeper. <laughs> okay, I will. Um, 
you know, take take the average of them weeks. So Gronk was about ten weeks, I think it was, that he had them. So you take the two hundred eight point six and you average that, and it becomes twenty point nine. And with Ertz, you average it and becomes eighteen. And then after that, you take them numbers. Let's remember them numbers, okay? And you, but first we got to do something else. You got to find out how many points they scored on the weeks that they underperformed. So you add up all the weeks they underperformed, which for for Gronk, them seven weeks, he only had 16.7 points for all them weeks. And then for Ertz, he had 10.7 points for all them weeks that he underperformed. Because let's face it, when, you, when you're talking fantasy, you need them to play every week, and you need them to perform every single week. And when they don't, it it hurts you. Because you have that person on your team, and you need that person to step up and be the guy that they're supposed to be, and that's where it comes. This is where this comes in. It becomes a little tricky, but you take the twenty point nine points from earlier for Gronk. You times it by the seven weeks that he underperformed. That becomes one hundred forty six point three points, and for and for Ertz, it's. 108 points. Now you take the 146.3 points from Gronk and you minus it by the 16.7 points that he had on the underperform weeks, and that's 129.6 missing points. These are the points you missed from Gronkowski the weeks that he underperformed. You you needed them points. Well, and for Ertz, that's a 97.3 missing points. So you miss 97.3 missing points for them. So it's less than Gronk's. Well, I'm not quite done there. You have to get the value of that. Well, Gronk, you take the 208.6 points earlier and you minus it from the 129.6 missing points. And that gives you the value points of 79 points for Gronk. For Ertz, you take the 191 and you minus that from the 97.3 missing points, and that gives you 100.7 value points, which is quite a bit higher value-wise than Gronk. And that is why I like Zach Ertz more than Rob Gronkowski. Value points, people. Value points. Value points. Well, if that system works uh the value points are definitely there because you're gonna have to take rob gronkowski a lot earlier than zach Ertz. oh yeah myself yes, i think i'm just gonna stick with who had more points last year but we'll leave that up to our <laughs> listeners i'm not saying that's the wrong thing to do but i i still like my system all right i i love it in its own special little way <laughs> okay, we're going to go into our ESP section of the program. Uh, Tom, I hear you have a quite special ESP. Tell us about it. ESP, early season predictions. Well, yeah, my ESP is going to be none other than Christian McCaffrey. Now, I just have this sense. I can sense it. I can sense it that McCaffrey is going to have a huge year. He had only 435 rushing yards last year, but I think that's going to go up. There's no Jonathan Stewart, and I think the Panthers are going to give McCaffrey a shot to be that every down back. I don't know if they will, but I just got this feeling. I got this sense about it, and I think we might be in for a shock. A lot of people 
might be in for shock with his fantasy production. I am putting him in my special category. It's called ESP Top 5. Wow. And what is that Top 5 all about? Well, I haven't quite figured that part out yet, but it is in the ESP Top 5. I got some more ESPs coming, and whether or not they make it into the Top 5, I don't know. But I think he will make the Top 5 for the running backs this year. That's basically where I'm at with it. Okay. Uh, That's quite a bold prediction, but uh, Cam Newton's got to rely on somebody in the backfield, and he's going to be out there all season long. Well, let's not forget how many catches he had, too. I mean, he had a a ton of catches. He was a very productive guy as it was. And I think if you get more running yardage and more attempts, you'll get more yardage, obviously. But, I mean, that's I think that's what's going to happen. They don't really have anybody else. I think they got, what, Fozzie Whitaker? I don't know if that's right or not, but I'm pretty sure that is. They don't have much of anything else. Uh, other than that, they do have uh, Cameron Artis Payne still. Who yeah, I know Panthers fans are hoping he can be the next guy up, but yeah, I don't. I I haven't liked Artis Payne since like his rookie year. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm gonna do my ESP now. I have okay a a sense, uh, and this sense it's coming from way deep down. Because it starts with the Cleveland Browns. And and I have a sense about the wide receivers on the Cleveland Browns. And in particular, Jarvis Landry. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Jarvis Landry. He is a PPR monster. He has targets upon targets every single year. He's been in the league four years and he's not had less than 112 targets in a season. Wow. And some of that has come from Ryan Tannehill and <laughs> Jay Cutler, among other quarterbacks. Now, I know we're going to a quarterback that hasn't been the most consistent passer in the league, but Tyrod Taylor can get it done, and he loves, loves throwing to short parts of the field uh he has a lot of passes to the running backs and jarvis landry is a slot receiver he's going to see so many targets this year my actual esp early season prediction is that jarvis landry will again lead the league in receptions that crowded wide receivers i still think he is going to have a a ton of targets. He had 161 last year. Three years ago, 166. And if the Browns stay the Browns for a little while, they're going to be behind in games, and they're going to be throwing a lot. And I think Jarvis Landry will be the beneficiary and lead the league in catches. All right. Well, I guess they're going to have to go out and get Jarvis Landry because that sounded pretty convincing to me. Well, I do have Jarvis Landry in one league. I traded for him <laughs> last year, uh, and I'm hoping he can continue what he did. I mean, he didn't have a thousand yards, but 112 catches gets me a lot of points in PPR. Now, oh, if yeah, it does. if you're not in PPR, I might stay away from Jarvis Landry. 
If, yeah, he's you pretty get much yes. He's pretty much only valuable if you're getting a point per catch, even half point PPR. He might not be as valuable as I want him to be. Yeah, and you know what, Jarvis Landry is very consistent at getting targets and catches. So I would say that that's probably something that you can go to. That being said, I have a little something about consistency, and it's one of my biggest biggest things that I like to talk about when it comes to fantasy football. So I'm going to ask you a little question first. So would you rather have a player that got 234 points or or 228 points for their fantasy season? I am a little afraid that this is a trick question. It sort of is. But it's, I mean, either one of them, with the players that there are, it's not a terrible option. But I'll, I'll, I'll prove to you what I'm talking about. So, Jarek McKinnon had 234 points. And Lamar Miller had 228 points. Now, when you look at that, it's like, okay, it looks like McKinnon had a better season, a better fantasy season. And you can say that he did, depending on how you played him. And I'm not saying that he's a bad guy to have. But, Jarek McKinnon had seven weeks where he was under 10 points. And uh, Lamar Miller only had two weeks where he was under 10 points. McKinnon also had four weeks where he was over 20 points, which is good. And Lamar Miller only had two weeks where he was over 20 points. But that's 11 weeks out of the norm for Jarek McKinnon, and that's only four weeks out of the norm for Lamar Miller. So that tells me that Lamar Miller is staying more consistent. The more players you have that fall into the category that Miller was in last year, the better your chance to win every week. So I just don't want people to go out there and be like, oh, this guy scored more points. He's got to be better. Like I said before, that doesn't mean, it doesn't mean a boomer bust player doesn't have a place on your fantasy team. But you're, re- you're relying on three or, or four boomer bust players every week. You're going to be in trouble. That's how you lose games. But if you build your team and make it a consistent team, with consistent players, and then you get a boomer bust player. That's how you win in fantasy football. You, you boomer bust players are great, but you can't build your team with boomer bust players. You won't win that way. No, uh, I've always hated boom or bust players, unless of course you're playing in a best ball league where you don't have to choose your lineup and you just get whoever does the best every week. I, I've been a very big proponent of consistency when it comes to both scoring each week and injuries. Uh, you have to you have to count on your player one to get in the game, and then two, be reliable. Uh, if you're sweating every single week and losing by two or three points yeah. or fractions of a point in some cases. And your boomer bust player, guess what? Gets one catch for eight yards. There's yep. another loss on your record. And I, I don't want to do that unless I have to. You know, bye week fillers, sometimes you got to put one of those guys in. Or if you have a team full of some studs, like one of your teams in the league we yep. do together, you have Antonio yep. Brown, Mike Evans, yep. Ezekiel Elliott, and Le'Veon Bell. 
And now you can just kind of throw a couple guys out there, and if they completely go off, you're almost yep. guaranteed to win. And even if they don't, you're still going to be in line to compete. I don't want everybody to think that I don't have another stud player that you failed to mention, which would be uh, Hunt. <laughs> so let's let's not forget that I have five studs. At least I'm hoping for studs because I <laughs> – Mike Evans, he can be a little wishy-washy here and there, but I'm I'm hoping I got five studs, and then all the other other players that I have, if they go off, that's going to help a lot. And and I want to make sure our listeners know that yes, he has those five studs, and those are all guys that you're not going to be able to build a normal team around. But this again is a salary yeah. cap dynasty league. He will not have these players forever. He will no, have to. I won't pay through the nose the next time they are uh, out of a contract especially with Antonio Brown Antonio Brown if I want to keep him next year I'd have to franchise tag him and that's going to cost an arm and a leg if I want to do that so I probably won't have Antonio Brown next year so it sounds like you're even employing what the NFL is doing lately, and you've got these guys, these high-profile guys under a cheap contract, you know, like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, and you're going all in right now to try and win that ship and, you know, deal with the consequences of losing those guys later. I'm all in. Uh, there's no doubt about it. When I when I saw my roster last year, I was like, all right, I like this. I can win with this. I'm all in, and I I definitely think that I will at least make the playoffs. If I don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a very disappointing season, and I might have to cry in the corner. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't mention the fact that hopefully one of the players you can rely on this upcoming season is Equinamius St. Brown. That is true because I did just draft him in the draft that we have in that league. And I like him. I Like I said last week, I think he's going to take over for Cobb sooner or later. And I like I said, I don't know what I think about Allison. Uh, but I like Brown, and I think he's a saint. So we're going to go with it. All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for our second episode, which means I am two for two in Equinamia St. Brown mentions. <laughs> Uh, thanks again for listening. Thank you again, Tom, and we will yeah. see you again very, very soon. Tom and I would like to thank you for listening and supporting us. We greatly appreciate the feedback we receive and love interacting with our listeners. You can contact us with any questions you may have or line up roster advice on Twitter at Fantasy Fuel, Facebook.com slash Fantasy Fuel, and Instagram at Fantasy Fuel Podcast. You can also reach us the old-fashioned way via email at fantasyfuelpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you, and remember to stay fueled up this fantasy season.